Life has meaning only in the struggle. Triumph or defeat is in the hands of the gods. So let us celebrate the struggle. That is a quote by Stevie Wonder. Welcome to Trina Talk. This is the podcast where guests share their stories of pursuing their passions, living a fulfilled life, and empowering others. Each week, I talk with inspiring leaders, business owners, and people with amazing stories from around the world in unscripted conversations as they share their successes and failures. This podcast is all about empowering you to keep striving in your personal and professional life. I am your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to episode 151. This is a special bonus episode. We are approaching the 20th anniversary of September 11th, which was the deadliest terror attacks on American soil. And the topic of this week's episode is From the 46th Floor to Triumph. And my guest this week is Annabelle Quintero. Annabelle is a certified holistic health coach and diversity, equity, and inclusion advisor with an unforgettable story of surviving September 11th, where she transforms trauma to triumph from the 46th floor. Her best-selling book, Step, Step, Jump, is a story of hope dedicated to helping others transform trauma to triumph. Annabelle's life was irrevocably altered on September 11, 2001, when she narrowly escaped the 46th floor of the World Trade Center's Tower One during the deadliest terror attack on U.S. soil. Annabelle is differentiated by her story and the stunning clarity that she brings to the demands of everyday life, especially for people compromised by trauma. Her strength is encouraging and empowering people in crisis by embracing the healing process. Annabelle partners with coaches and business leaders to embrace a holistic mindset, whether it's creating a diverse work culture or redefining cultural wellness. In this work, she uses her own method, the human triad, to help people transform trauma to triumph, help them find their voice, and teach them how to listen to their intuition so that they can achieve dreams bigger than themselves. I would like to say that this is such a special episode for me because Annabelle is a personal friend of mine, and I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. You are an amazing woman, and Annabelle, welcome to Trina Talk. Thank you, Trina. It's such an honor to be here and to step, step, jump on your stage and throughout um, my workshops and as a keynote speaker and coach, I love sharing stories of what it took for me to go from Seattle and pack up my things and move to New York City and to model and you know, break dance with the best legends of hip hop and to learn about money and work on Wall Street. And throughout the years, though, it has every year as September 11th comes around, 
it's an honor to finally share with the world that I am a September 11th survivor. Step, step, jump, step, step, jump. Transforming trauma into triumph from the 46th floor is my best-selling memoir. And in this memoir, I begin with my journey and waking up late on Tuesday morning. It was sunny. Um, I woke up to the cause of the, the cawing of crows. I looked out my bedroom window and my whole tree was filled with them, with, as they call it, a murder of crows. And I remember learning that my crow was one of my animal spirits. And I, but I couldn't remember what the medicine was, what the lesson was. And I, I just was like, I got to go to work. So I jumped on the train and I got to work just to see my boss's sweater on the chair. And I was like, oh no. So I turned on the, you know, all the computers because I had to get the portfolios printed and everything ready for the stock market. So finally, everything is printing and I'm sitting there getting caught up on the news of what's been going on with the money and the markets. And then I feel something fall on my tower. And I get up and I run to the window and I was like, oh my goodness, a building must have fallen on us. And all of a sudden, I look out the window, though, and notice everything is fine. There is no, all the other buildings are upright. And then the building starts shaking again. And I grab my sweater and my purse, and I get to the, to the doorway just to see this stranger next to me. And we're like, can't believe what's happening. There's no alarm. There's no announcement, nothing. And then it stops. And then he, all of a sudden, it starts rumbling again. And he like just went back into his office and the door came. And I just, with all my weight, was holding the door. And, th and then I looked in the office and I was like, Ay, Dios mio, okay, I'll go. like, dear God, what should I do? And the whole office turned muted gray. And that, I was like, okay, that's my answer. But I was so afraid. And I remember saying, okay, Annabelle, you have to leave this building even if you die trying. And it took so much for me to have to face death or the, even the notion of it just for me to take my first step. And I did. And I took my first step and my, you know, the floor was just arcing and my knees were buckling and I was like a rag doll in a fun house. And I finally get to the stairwell and I put my hand on the doorknob and I cannot tell if it's hot or cold. And I didn't know where another stairwell was and I wasn't going to take the elevator. And I was like, okay, just breathe Annabelle. So I literally stopped and breathed in and breathed out. And I was just listening to the synapses in my brain. I was like, okay, it's cold. And I flung open that door to the, to the stairwell and there wasn't any smoke. It, 
but there was this stench and it just filled my throat and it just choked me. And that moment I was like, okay, something's going on. I have no idea what it is. There's no alarm, no announcement still to this point. And then with all my might, I was so focused and I put my hand on the rail and I step with my left and I step with my right and I'm carefully looking at my feet and I'm jumping to the landing and I'm step, step, jump and I step, step, jump down the stairway. And in my book, I go and share what I had seen, you know, hysterical people and unfortunately burned people and our beloved firefighters who were ascending their stairway to heaven and how trauma and how things out of our control will happen to us and ways to transform it into your triumph into this unknown wisdom, this unfolding of what I had learned about myself as a spiritual being on this earth. And really, I just wrote this book because I know that I stayed silent for 20 years as everyone, every 11th would share their own September 11th story. And I realized throughout the years that, wow, so many people were collectively traumatized by seeing that just on TV. And even though I was inside, I always would just take it in and listen. And I never want to share my story because I feel like it would, um, it would just, <laughs> the conversation would end and they would stop sharing. And we, the reason why I wrote this book is because I really want to help us heal and really heal from the sadness and the pain. And I know sometimes anger comes up and we kind of just stay in our anger, but to really help people through their, the emotions of loss and, and know that we all have a September 11th, whether it's someone who we love who passed in this unfortunately epidemic or a divorce or a diagnosis and to really, um, confront that pain that's inside of us, not by just compartmentalizing it and putting it away, but to truly confront it and move forward by healing and evolving where we are with that pain. So yeah, that's why I'm here and trying to share this, this, um, this moment in our history and, and how it has impacted my life personally. Wow. Ooh. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being my sister friend. Um, thank you. Thank it's just you for so serving. amazing. Oh, thank you. And, and, you know, I was getting ready to say that, you know, me being a retired uh, military veteran who was deployed because of September 11th, mm -hmm. um, I know many people like me. We even know people who we lost you know, in the Pentagon and in the towers and things like that. Mm -hmm. So when I met you, it was, it was almost like we were kindred spirits almost, you know what I mean? And yes. it kind of touched my heart because I'm like, oh my goodness, I fought because of this terrorist attack and you live through this terrorist attack. So that was very special to me. And I'm glad you're, you're 
finally telling your story because it is a story that needs to be told. And I know you have children just as I do. And I think they may be around the same ages. Um, And it's something that when it came up, my kids started studying it in school. I started to tell them, yeah, you know, I, I remember the exact day, hour, what I was doing, the result of that, how life changed after and everything. And, you know, I don't think they fully comprehend that magnitude and the fact that I'm telling them that I lived through such a thing. But I know for you and um, I don't know what level how you've, you know, talked to your children about it, but I'm pretty sure it's, um, yeah, on a whole different scale. Um, so, yeah, so I thank you. Uh, and I just I have one question to go back to what you said. You said the guy that you met when the plane hit, he went back into his office. Now, you say you're trying to hold the door. W- what happened there? So, yeah. So um, right when I had got to the doorway, the building stopped. All the steel had settled and. So we were there and finally like able to catch our breath because it was rumbling and, and the tower was rumbling almost from the bottom because I had been in an earthquake and I thought it was an earthquake, but because I I had felt something fall on top of me, I was like, mm, it's that, that also. So I had two conflicting, um, you know, like feelings, right? It's like, I'm feeling this earthquake beneath me, but I know I felt something fall on our tower. And then when it started up again, so the doors were steel and really wide. And so it started going, you know, moving us back and forth. And so he, you know, just went back into his office and the door just slammed like thunder. And then my door, I had to hold with two hands and then I was still there trying to figure out what to do. And so when it, my office turned muted gray, I knew I had that, you know, that God gave me that answer to leave. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully he made it out as well, but so. I never so got closure it, on that. I never, I don't know that, it, you know, and I'm always trying to figure out the businesses because each floor had different businesses on it Yeah, and they were their own business. And so I don't know how they have um, kept track of who was in what business and who survived. Like there's a survivor's list and unfortunately those who passed, but there's no connecting of business floor with um, the people. Wow. And you would think they would have that. You know, it's almost like having a manifest to a plane, knowing everybody who's on that, you would think they would say, okay, we had XYZ business and here were all the employees and, you know. Maybe they do, or maybe they had done it afterwards, but I haven't seen it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. You know, it's, yeah, so... And you talk about in your, your book how this made you come to know yourself and who you are. Talk about that. I mean, and just talk about how something so tragic and traumatic can make you really look inward and, and think differently about yourself, your life, and just everything. Kind of talk to us about that. Sure, absolutely. So in my memoir, I talk about how I, uh, Anthony shared a cab with me and a lot came out in the cab ride. We were in the cab 
basically like all day. And I finally, the, the first like real like awakening was at the end when I had finally gone uptown and it was, we were in Washington Heights or I was in Washington Heights and I walk into this church. Um, it's called the Good Shepherd Church on Broadway in Isham. And I walk in and I am just thanking God. And I'm just so grateful that I had made it. And I'm just crying, um, knowing the magnitude of people who didn't. And for the first time, I had felt the current of my blood flow in my wrist. And that's chapter, it's called In the Flow. And I never knew that that was possible. I was like, wow. And it was almost like this um, unveiling of what it is to truly be alive. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I had never experienced that. And I'm like, wow. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm crying to God. I'm being just full of gratefulness. And then I have this experience and, and I'm thinking to myself like, Oh my goodness, I had no idea that this is who we really are, that we can feel all of ourselves, our energy, even to the point of feeling our blood flow. And afterwards I was really grappling with, PTSD. Um, I just, you know, at that time we still felt under attack. We, I didn't know we were going to be at war more other places were going to get attacked. I mean, that's one thing that people think of it as only one day, but at the time there was like several days to weeks where we didn't know what was happening. You know, there was an anthrax threat. I mean, there was so much happening. And so it was this continuous worry and anxiety on my part of like, are we at war or not? And I, and I share that. Um, I was there for, I was, I was in my Bronx apartment um, and afraid to leave. I couldn't even leave because I, I was so afraid um, and traumatized. But finally, like a couple months later, I had gone back to Seattle and did a 10-day meditation called Vipassana. And that was the first time I had ever truly been by myself uh, in silence. And that also gave me this other experience of feeling my energy and I talk about that in my memoir of feeling my energy. And it was in my uh, solar plex, like in my belly. After that, my dear friend, Carolyn invited me to her sweat lodge. And so with this experience of learning about human behavior, learning to meditate and watch myself, and I had meditated before, but this is the first time I did the 10 day sit, taking that all in and then having the experience of a sweat lodge where I'm in mother earth's womb when I'm back in the fire and, and, and it's not attacking me, it's healing me and giving all of that, um, all of that energetic pain and trauma to mother earth. And she is, takes it and transmutes it. Um, that really was 
those three experiences, the church, the 10 day meditation, the sweat lodge, it all became my spiritual awakening of really knowing that God was not, because I, I grew up Christian, God is not just this outside being, but God is within us. There's like this universal consciousness of God and the energy and the breath of life, the spirit of life, his spirit, right? All of it is within. It's not just outside. And <clears throat> that made me feel completely connected to everyone, to every human being. And that changed my life because I look at every human as my brother and sister. And I don't, and I know we are one. And people say, oh, we are one. But when you experience it, that that love, um, the love for one another that you have is just, um, it, it just pushes you beyond, <laughs> it makes you, and that's why I do the work that I do in, in serving people and helping people is because I want to, because I know, I know how it is to be entrapped by your story and by the pain. And I want people to just break through and experience that love in this life and truly choose to live, right? Not be so afraid of just death, but to truly choose to live each day and to make the most of this moment. Because I know a lot of people aren't here with us and, um, and what a way to honor them, right? Mm. Wow. Wow. You know, I just... I'm I'm listening to you tell your story and it's so just surreal. Um when you said you could feel the blood flowing through your wrist. That was the first time that you were really in tuned. What did it feel like? What what did that what did that feel? I mean cuz we all know our blood is flowing through our bodies, but I don't think we can say we felt it. What did that feel like? If you've ever been, if you've ever put your hand on a river, have you ever been in a river and you feel the the current? Mm -hmm. It's like that. Wow. It's like that, and that's and and that's or, or a creek, but it's like one one motion, and that's how it feels like. Mm. Wow. And so to and feel the rivers of yeah within us just transformed my wow. this, my consciousness, my understanding of what it means to be alive and mm. all of us, for all of us to be alive. And I think we're, we're so in this routine and um, stuck in the mundane and we forget the sacredness and the power of what's within us and what makes us who we are. It's, it just completely changed me. Wow. And you mentioned sweat lodge. What exactly is that? I'm not familiar with that term. Sure. So it's as, you know, as a Latina, I'm native African and European. And a lot of our native culture has been hidden from us. Um, and so I've been on this search to reclaim my indigenous roots. And my dear friend, Carolyn, she's Native American, she's um, Cherokee, but she was taught through, um, her teachers were from the Lakota nation. Mm -hmm. And so 
A sweat lodge is actually created and built by willow trees and it's like a dome and then there's like blankets put on it and it's um it's built even in ceremony it's built in a very like spiritually conscious way and um i actually did an interview with her and she really dives deep into that so um once it is built um that is a place where ceremony um, begins. So there's a fire outside of it. And then she'll bring in um, lava rocks. And so the and then as she pours water on the rocks, then it steams. So you're like in this inside igloo, and it's steaming. And you have song and prayer. And it's so it's such an experience. It's Every person has a different experience and it is really somatic healing. Um, You know, this whole term somatic healing is really from indigenous cultures and it just transformed my life uh, because I had never heard those songs or prayed in that way. And um, it's, it's in my chapter, it's called mother earth. And I really go into I share that experience with everyone so they can also learn more of how to view this world um, through an indigenous lens and culture. Wow. Wow. And yeah, I can imagine that you are in a different place and, and you said, you know, you feel like everyone is connected. How, how does that feel? Hmm. Well, definitely feeling the inside of your energy and your life and feeling connected to everyone and then seeing how we're also connected to mother earth, like mother earth, there would be no us without her, right? She gives us our home, our food, our shelter. She gives us the air and the water. And so um, even the gravity like gravity hugs us, right? And so um, when, when I'll explain it in this way, I remember not having the towers and having everything that I had worked so much in my career for and felt so proud and, right? It was just such an iconic cultural place for us all and to have it crumble and come back to mother earth and to have me only have my body and my skin that I'm in and to just be bare, not titles, no accolades, no nothing, but just to be a bare soul. When you feel that way and when you realize that that's what you are and you see it in others and you see it in nature. So how does that feel? Um, Sometimes it hurts because you love so much and you see how other people, they unconscious to what the pain that they're causing someone else. Um, 
which is why I've done a lot of social justice work. Um, when it comes to Mother Earth, yeah, I don't like to waste water. I don't, I want to make sure, I don't like to kill animals. And I like to use what I, only what I need and not go beyond that because they're sacrificing their life for nourishment, you know, the, the streams, you know, you can only have so much fresh water from the mountain caps. And so, um, yeah, I mean, sometimes I drive by areas that have been clear cutted in Washington state and it's, it's devastating um, because we need the roots. We need the air. We need the shade. We need our environment to be cooled down, but also the trees are, so powerful and strong and still for us. And so there's a lot that we can learn from mother nature. And honestly, I don't think we would have made it through this pandemic without mother nature. I mean, tell me what the price of our sanity is that we got from being able to walk and be with the trees and be in parks. It's priceless. So I'm, I'm, and that's how I connect it all. Wow. It's amazing. So talk about what you're doing in your business to help other people with, with this new revelation you have in your life. Mm, yeah. So I really help people with visions bigger than themselves. And it could be, you know, I'm honored to say I'm a speaker advocate coach for Lisa Nichols. So sometimes it's helping someone with speaking techniques. Um, and sometimes it's helped people run for office. But really, it always comes back to like as, as when you create that safe space for someone. Sometimes people have fear of public speaking. Sometimes people have fear of running for office because they have to put themselves out there. And so diving into the stories they've never shared. So I feel honored that many of my clients, they haven't shared stories with not even their family and I'm the first one to hear it. And then we work through that process of certain beliefs that make them feel hesitant to take that new action that they so desperately want <laughs> and why. And, and so going back to the three pillars of human behavior, our mind, our emotions, and our bodily sensations, and that dynamic of the three. And so I, I do a lot of work around the power of three because it's just been this number that has always been in my life and it's a foundation of my work and really creating the safe space allows my clients to confront their emotions and stories that they may have compartmentalized. And then they start realizing that, yes, um, as I do this work, I am, well, if I don't do this work, I'm impacting people but, and then, but in what way? And then when I do this work, how am I positively impacting people's lives? So it's, it's, um, the client, my clients are able to, 
to really do that individual shadow work that allows them to contribute to our collective wellness. And that's really why I wrote the book. And that's why I am here speaking with you because I want people to take that step to work on themselves because what you don't work on, you're still impacting society. And we need to be more responsible with the energy we bring to our families, to our colleagues. We are contributing to all of our wellness and we can no longer think someone else is fixing it. No, we have to fix it and take that responsibility on. And it's, and it's an evolution. There's no such thing as healed, but let's evolve because life is asking us to change. We've had so much change in the last year and a half in this great pause. So what is life asking you to change about yourself? And how are you bringing in a new energy for us all? Because we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. How, does, how does one get started um, changing that energy that they're giving off? Because I hear what you're saying, and I'm pretty sure the listeners are like, yeah, easier said than done. So what can they, what can a person do to say, you know what, I want to be a better version of me and project that outward? The first step is to identify your triggers and your traumas. And, and that's the hardest step. Um, some of them, unfortunately, are resided in our cultural blind spots. There are things that you are unconscious of that are locked in um, normative culture, right? And so a lot of even what I know, I wouldn't have this understanding if I didn't study Eastern philosophy, if I didn't seek out my indigenous roots. So going outside of your own culture, there is a lot of wisdom there. And that's a great place to begin because it gives you a different mindset and a different perspective of the world. And so that is a great place to begin. Um, And then you got to practice it. How do you practice self-awareness and self-reflection? You got to be honest with yourself. And some people (laughs) um, have gotten so hurt. We sometimes, you know, have gotten so hurt when we share a a disadvantage or an area of growth and it's been used against us, it's been weaponized against us. And so it's harder for us to be honest on what we need to change because it's always been used to hurt us. And so to find those safe spaces, to find the people you can trust, um, to be honest with yourself and have a daily practice of self-reflection through Mm. journaling, through you know, there's many different modalities that I go through, but yes, it's, it's identifying it. And then it's the practice of always reflecting on how did I show up? What's my intention for today? Um, and, and having that, that North star, right. Having that intention. Okay. I want to show up today with being impeccable or today I want to be compassionate or today I just want to have I want to focus on my patience and setting that up, setting yourself up to evolve starts with your intention. Wow. 
So is that something that you do on a daily basis when you start your day? Is it something that you consciously or unconsciously do to say, okay, this is how I want to show up today? Mm, Yes, I definitely, I have my morning routine of, um, first of all, just being very grateful for waking up. (laughs) Mm. I think that that's, gratefulness has given me so much joy. And, um, and then uh, I smudge a little. So it's I burn sage or sometimes sweet grass, uh, which is it clears the air and it kind of just clears the energy and allows me to, okay, how am I feeling today? How do I want to show up? And sometimes it can be um, affirmations that I write in my journal. Um, or, or sometimes to, uh, you know, a message that I get, sometimes I'll have messages that come to my phone and, and that impacts me and, and I'm like, okay, yes, I have this opportunity now. Now it's time for me to do express my soul in that way today and to make sure that I have the space for my clients as well, because, I, if, if I'm pouring into someone, how am I pouring into them? If I'm, I have to become available first to spirit, to ground myself, to see where I am and then make sure I have space so that I can also pour into others throughout the day. Mm, That's, um, that's a good thing to have intention for your day of how you want to be in in your life for today. Um, And I really see how people don't care how they show up. They don't care how they impact other people. And I think that's our problem today. Yeah. And I think, um, I know this word is, is, you know, there is a, a linear mind that is focused on productivity only and our and what we produce is our worth. And that value statement is what is being, um, I think society's interrogating right now is like, how much is my pro, how can my productivity mean more than my presence? Mm. And that is where I think where there's a lot of change right now is because people want to be honored for who they are and are demanding it now that we've been confronted with um, this epidemic. We've been confronted with death, right? And so now everyone realizes, oh my goodness, my life, my life means so much. And so now everyone wants to, the connection with one another, we value it so much more <laughs> than we used to. <laughs> Imagine that. And yeah. And so that thinking is that linear thinking or that productivity is, is in a way falling away. And society is, I believe, co-creating a new value statement. Mm. Wow. So amazing. And when you come across a client who thinks all hope is lost and of course, looking at you, you know, if you were my coach, I'd be like, okay, she's been through it. So it's no excuse for me. Do you have a hard time um, 
telling your clients that, okay, this is how you need, this is how, this is how you evolve and become new, whatever. Is it a hard thing for them to do? Or do you find that many of them are ready and willing? Oh, no, I, um, <laughs> like create, you know, attracts like, right. Like that law of resonance, like what I am vibrating, I am definitely bringing in. So no, my, my clients are, um, when they're called to work with me, they are very, um, their consciousness is so evolved and they have this growth mindset and they are, spiritual or at least so, um, they know what they don't know and they're trying to go there. And because of that, that makes a huge difference in, uh, what we're able to create and how much, you know, results that they get. So no, I haven't, I haven't come across that. Um, but, um, yeah, I haven't come across that. <laughs> wow, that's great. Well, we're nearing the end. So, Annabelle, tell everyone about what you have going on, where they can get your book, if you're um, going to be making any public appearances. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. So, yes, my book is available at Pal's Book and um, palsbook.com and then uh, they're an independent bookstore and then also on Amazon my book is called Step Step Jump Transforming Trauma to Triumph from the 46th Floor and uh, let's see so tonight I'll be doing an interview at VT Radio which is it's in Spanish <laughs> tonight at 7 p.m. And then tomorrow I will be on a podcast called Learning Pretzel at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So um, I, I also plan on being in New York for the 20th anniversary. So um, and then I have different speaking engagements up until that that time. But um I'm just, you know, please get my book. It, it doesn't leave you in the valley. It's really there for, for everyone to see themselves, um, you know, just overcoming the challenges of life. And, and it's a riveting storytelling and it's a spiritual awakening. Um, and so it doesn't, it doesn't leave you. It's emotionally safe. <laughs> I mean, there are moments that is very triggering, but, um, uh, yeah. Uh, but if you want more, uh, feel free to reach out to me at Annabelle at stepstepjump.com. And I'd love to work with you. And, and, and sometimes if it's not a good fit, I know a lot of great coaches, <laughs> so I can also direct people. I, the network. Yep. <laughs> so I do a lot of that as well as a lot of redirection because I have such a great network of friends that are coaches and leaders. Yeah. Thank you for this wow. time, Trina. I really appreciate this. Thank it's you. Good. And thank you for finally telling your story and sharing your gift to the world of how to be better and how to live in today and be better people show up, you know, because, you know, I'm spiritual as well. So it, it is something that's very important. 
So I thank you and thank you for being on Trina Talk. Thank you, Trina. Love to you all. If you like Trina Talk podcast, please don't forget to go out to iTunes and rate it five stars and leave a review. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey, not a destination.